We're going to continue today um, in our series, Running With Purpose. Let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. I believe to get out what we need to get out today. Some specific things that I have, but we want to get them out right. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, we've read this verse several times. This has kind of been our, you know, one of our text uh, verses. But let's read this again, and I want to call out a couple things that we're going to focus on today. Therefore, verse 1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Now, we've been talking about running with purpose, running our race with purpose, and here it says, "Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnared us." We've we've uh, touched on that in different ways. Just uh, understanding that we are uh, here, it's likened to a race, but but we are walking out the plan of God in our life, and we've talked about stripping away the stuff that isn't beneficial, that isn't going to help, and that everybody has an individual race to run and an individual call. And uh, we want to make sure we're, we're running that um, with purpose, doing things that will help us and not hinder us. So it says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice that. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice that word, endurance. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, our example, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. There's a, a variation of that word again. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the writer of Hebrews here says, Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Look at Jesus who he endured. He endured what he endured for a purpose. That was what he was set to do, what he was called to do. He was, he, it was and is the Savior of all mankind. But there was a path, there was a uh, race that he had to run, and he endured the cross, despising the shame, because of the joy that was set before him. In other words, he looked past what was going on and the pain and the suffering to look at the end. And that's what I want to focus on today, is endurance. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. looked at this before, but let's look at this in a couple translations, and, and then we'll move on. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Notice that. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or self-disciplined, controlled in all things. 
Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now look back at uh, verse 24. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the price? The prize. Now this is saying, talking about a natural race and saying that there's many running. We've said this before. This race is a one-lane race. There are many people running their race and the Christian family, but nobody's running against each other. If you think you are, that might be part of your problem. Now we've talked about that. We talked about that earlier. We're not to compare. It'll get you in trouble if you compare. Like somebody said, uh, you'll either get in pride or pity if you're going to compare. You can't go in either, you go in one way or the other. You just think you're better. Well, look at that person. I'm better. And you start thinking you're better. That's pride. Or you look at the person uh, and think, oh my goodness, they are so much further. And you'll, you'll start pitying yourself. Either one's bad. And you can't help but do that if you're going to compare. So don't compare. Get, you know, the way, I don't know a lot about horse racing, but I do see they have those blinders on. Why? To keep them from looking around. Look at what's before you. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing because that's not part of your race. Your race, you're looking unto Jesus. He's the author and finisher of your faith. We're to look to Him. We can learn from other people, but we're not to determine what we do or if we're doing a good job based on our people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing and how you relate to them to determine if you're doing a good job. That has nothing to do with it. The, the criteria for whether you're doing a good job is, are you doing what God told you to do? Period. That's it. When you talk to Jesus, He's not going to say, but such and such did this. He's going he's to be talking to you about what you did and me what I did. So uh, this is a one-lane race. We've talked about that. But notice it says, Do you not know that it, those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Talking about where there's com competitors. But we, our prize is, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear. That means you did what I told you to do. That's the prize, and it's, it's just between you and God. But let, notice the next part. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Well, you're gonna you're, you want to obtain what? Obtain the, the, the prize of doing what God told you to do, but this, you're in your race, and you're going to need to run it with endurance. It said in the, the, the other verse we read, well, how, if you're going to run it in a way to obtain it, this is not a short race. You're going to run in a way to obtain the prize in your race. Your race is a marathon in this life. It is not, you know, a hundred meter dash. And you run those races differently. Somebody that's running a short sprint is going to put all on the line. They don't have to run and keep running after that first hundred meters or two hundred meters. You run that race differently than if you're in a marathon. If you're going to run to win the race God has set before you, it is going to take endurance. You're going to need to run it in a different way than a sprint. Some people run, they go for a while, and they're sprinting, but then they, they fall down in a heap because they're not running the way you need to run to win. This is, this is a, an endurance race, and we need to understand that. 
it's going to take sustaining. It's not over quickly. I mean, in some sense, this life is really quick. We, we understand that. We even say that. I mean, this, it goes much quicker than you think when, you know, you're, you're uh, in elementary school. You think, oh, man, these people are old. You think your teacher's old. I go back and look at my pictures, and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's per- that lady's like 21. <laughs> you know, you think they're old, or they're 25, or wow. And somebody's like 40, or wow, they're really old. I'm like, I go back and look at those pictures. I'm like, these people weren't that old. They look younger all the time. <laughs> it goes quick in that sense. At the same time, it's not a year. It's not five years. It's not ten years. That's a long time in our society. Think back to 2010. All the stuff that's changed since then. That's A decade is a long time now, and it's just getting... Every it, stuff is going so quick that six months is a long time. But so, in one sense, yes, overall life is it, it's quick in, in the big scheme of things, but it's not short. You can you can be running real good for five years, and if you just let everything go to pot, you're I mean, you start uh, just letting things go, everything can just collapse in a matter of a week. It, you, can't, you, can't, you can't just afford that. You can't be like, well, man, I am, I'm doing awesome for the last five years and then go off the rails for a month. That could be it. It takes endurance. This, this is not, we're not done till we're done. Well, I feel like I want to be done. That's not the race we're in. That's not the race we're we, We're not done till we step out. Either Jesus come back and he is closer than ever. We could go all into that. But guys, we, are, we need to understand. We're going to touch on it some. We need to understand that we are living in the last days. Pastor Hagen touched on it. But if you just sense it inside, the stuff is changing, and it has been. We know we're closer than ever. But we need to understand, we need to run this race in such a way that we're going to obtain the prize. We need to be conscious of the fact that this is not something that's just quick and done. We need to be conscious of the fact that if there's, if there's stuff that pushes us, we need to push through. Because we're not done till Jesus comes back, like we were saying, or we step over into glory. Then, then our race is done. Then, when we meet Jesus face to face, then... It's over for us. I mean, just beginning eternity, but as far as this earthly walk, it's done. It's done. Your race is over. Like we, like we read in, in Hebrews, there's a great cloud of witnesses of those that have already gone on. Their race is done. They're not doing anything on this earth anymore. But we are. Amen? I said, we are. Everybody that can hear my voice right now, I'm talking to you. Anybody else, they're, they're, they're not concerned with what I'm saying right now. If they're in heaven, they're dealing with other stuff. But we are here. And we are not done. By the very fact that you're listening to me, we know you're not done. But I just feel like, oh, it's 
spend so much, it doesn't matter what we feel like. The fact is, we're not done. 2 Timothy 2, verse 3, you don't have to turn there, but we read this last, last uh, week and fo- or last time and focused on this. Talked about being a soldier, and the Bible has stuff to say about that and what that means. And you being in your place, and I, we're not going to go over all those things again, go back and listen to the last message. But 2 Timothy verse, or chapter 2, verse 3, you therefore must endure hardship. There's that word again. And it's talking about during hardship. Well, we don't like that. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. See, pleasing the one that called you, not anybody else. Doesn't matter what somebody else says. Doesn't matter if they think you're doing a good job. Poor job. Doesn't matter. It's the one that enlisted you. It's, it's Jesus. God Almighty is the one you answer to. Now, I'm talking, he works through people. And he's going to use people in your life. There is a rank and there is a structure of authority in the kingdom of God. If you don't think that, you need to read the Bible. Because there's stuff in this, this day and age, oh, everybody, you know, no, there's no respect for authority. Very little, I should say. Kids think their teachers don't have any business telling them what to do. That's nonsense. The teacher is there in authority. They have every right to tell them what to do. And that's broken down so much that, you know, people, you know, kids uh, act up in class and act like the teacher is their peer or under. I don't have to take anything. Well, where does that come from? It's in the world. But it's in the body of Christ, too. There is rank in the kingdom of God. People don't like that. It's true. Now, that doesn't mean we're not in the family of God. That's different. We're all children of God. We all have the same rights and privileges through what Jesus bought and paid for. But in what we do in the kingdom, there is rank. Our society doesn't like that. Doesn't like the word, we're not going to get into this, but don't like the word submit. Doesn't like the word obey. Don't don't like anything that says I'm going to do something. You know, that I don't want to do or you're going to tell me what to do. No, when we're talking about we're running our race and listening to God, but He's going to use people in your life. Amen. This is sidetracked, people. You know what, people? They get offended by the people that God has placed in their life, and then they get out of the will of God. We're talking about endurance. I haven't digressed. Because part of endurance is you stick with what you're supposed to do. You stick with whom God puts you. And sorry to say, in the body of Christ, people, it's, it's um, gotten like, like the world. People just, they want to do what they want to do. Well, that doesn't sound very much like a soldier. We touched on this a lot last time, but I'll talk about it a little bit here. That, you don't do what you want to do. Like what Brother Keith Moore says, he goes, I don't do what I want to do. Why would I do what you want me to do? And it's true. I don't do what I want to do. The best of my ability, I'm doing what he would want me to do. So I want, why, you know, no disrespect, but why would I do what you want me to do? I don't do what I want to do. I want to do something, but I'm not going to do that because I feel like he's telling me to do. Well, then, you know, people want to say, well, you should do this. No, we're going to answer to him. But at the same point, we are in a structure. You know, we're, we're in a family. We talked about it a little bit. 
Thank God for the family we're in. I'm, I'm so thankful for Rayma and all they've put in, into us. I'm thankful for Pastor and Mrs. Hagen. And they outrank me. Are they better than me? No. But the, come on. I mean, over how many thousands of people in the world that look to them? There's security in that. And part of enduring in this race is knowing where you're supposed to be and knowing what you're supposed to be doing in your race and knowing how you fit with other people. And hooking in and running your race with those people. Amen? That's just a side. Verse 3, you, must, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Verse uh, 4 in the Passion Translation says, For every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. Notice, divorce himself from the distractions of this world. There, is, there are things that are going to try to get you off into what you shouldn't be doing, off what you, your mission is, and part of enduring is going to be finding out what you're supposed to do and finding out what you're not supposed to do. Because for the long haul, you may get into some things and they're okay to do for a little bit, but if you keep doing them, they're going to they're become more and more of a weight to where you're not going to be able to run as you should. And so we need to understand that, and we need to, to be conscious of the fact that there are things that are trying to distract us. It says, you must endure hardship. In other translation, in, in uh, verse 3, it says, As a, you must endure hardship. Endure it. We must endure. You know, it says Jesus endured because of the joy that was set before him. Well, what, we are in the same situation. We have a call from God. Every one of us has something specific. And so we're going to have to go. There's going to be some things on this earth that's going to press on us. But to make it successfully, we're going to have to endure. And our flesh doesn't like that. We want it to be easy. Now, we're not talking about unbelief, saying everything's going to be hard. But part of that not easy is just putting down your flesh. Just, you know, we talked about that some last. Just you doing what you don't want to do. That's, you have to endure that sometime. You don't want to do always. Your flesh, I'm talking about, what God wants you to do. But to get to the other side, successfully, we're going to have to do that. Let's look at Hebrews 6, verse 10. Get into this a little more, the scriptures that we want to get into today. Hebrews 6, verse 10. <clears throat> Hebrews 6, verse 10. You guys are believing with me. We're going to get out the right things, right? I've already touched on some things. Didn't necessarily tend on saying some things. But we're going to believe that some of these things are going to come out the way they need to. Hebrews 6, verse 10. 
For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Let's look through this again, because there's several things we'll pick out. For God is not unjust to, for, unjust to forget your work and labor of love that which you have shown toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Stop right there. Talking about enduring. God, we need to remember this. God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward His name. You know, what? why would, why would He need to say this? Well, when you've worked for God, you've done certain things, Again, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. There's an endurance part of it where you've done certain things. We're going to read another scripture in a minute where it, it, you can get to the place where you're tired or you feel like, why did I do that? Was that worth it? Well, you know, if something lasts 10 minutes, you don't even get to where you think about that. It, you're done, right? You say, why did I do that? Well, I did it. I mean, it's not like you invested a ton. But when you're running for God and you're doing what He would have you to do, there are, there are places where you're like, what, what am I doing this for? This is not fun. It's not easy. And you can feel stretched. Anybody ever feel stretched in your life as you walk the plan of God out? Well, that's, that's not bad. If we're going to grow, then we're going to get stretched. That's okay. But it's not fun. I don't think it's fun. You may think it's fun. I don't think. Generally, most people think it's fun. Get stretched. You're feeling like, I, why am I doing this? What's, it's, it's not comfortable. But, you know, you, after you get through some of that, you look back, and the stuff that was stretching you, now you're able to do. But during that period, and then there might be periods where you look, well, why, why, am I, why am I dealing with this? I'm not talking about anything that Jesus bought and paid for that's under the curse. We're not talking about that. We're talking about running a race. There's going to be, there's a suffering that goes, uh, you know, people don't like the word suffering, but there is a suffering in the Bible, and you can tell if it's suffering you're, you're, you're going to have to deal with. That's when it's actually doing something for the kingdom of God. You being sick doesn't help anybody. You being poor definitely doesn't help anybody. You can't do anything for anybody. You're just concerned with yourself. But you putting down your flesh and doing what God told you to do, well, that, that's another thing. Now, why are you doing it? Well, you're helping the kingdom of God, and you're being grown up. Well, there is that suffering. And some of that, the devil's, he's crafty. He whispers in you, what, why, why are you doing that? Or what, what good did that do? Because, see, he doesn't know everything. Satan is not omniscient. He like to tell you he is, but he's not. God is, but he does know more than you. And Satan does. He knows no more than me. He sees. He's been around for a lot longer. And he sees stuff, and he knows what, so certain things that are going on. And he'll tell you there's no reason, because you can't see everything. There's no reason. What, 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 what good did that do? Why did you do that? Why did God have you do that? One of his favorite things to get people out of the will of God is, why, what good is this doing? 
and people get out of the will of God, uh, get out of their position before they're supposed to get out of their position. Why? And we're talking about endurance. If, you're go- if we're going to stick through things and stick through when it gets tough, we're going to have to have some endurance. We're going to need to know, uh, wait a minute, this is a ploy to get me off. And one of the things he does is, well, what's God doing? Where's God? Satan will accuse God to you. Well, why didn't God do that for you? You did all this. You did this and this and this. Where was God? What, why didn't God do this? Why didn't, that's exactly what he's talking about here. He says, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. God, everybody say, God is not unjust. God is not unjust. That means he's, he's, he's not unfair. He's not, he is fair. He's faithful all the time. This, when, when you ever feel or hear, and we shouldn't go by either things or think, have a thought that somehow God isn't taking care of you, you just chalk it up, that's a lie, and it's the devil speaking. Because it's not true. God is always fair. He's always, he's always true. God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. So we're going to need to remember, I'm doing this for his name, and God is faithful. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until then. What does that sound like? We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope or expectation until the end. What is that? Endurance. Enduring. Through. It all. Verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Notice that. Not becoming sluggish. Not becoming slow. Not be like, well... I don't know, I mean, I guess we're just trudging through. We're going, but haven't quit. I mean, haven't stopped, but making pro- I'm going. Just, just pausing. Okay. That's sluggish. That's just, I'm getting through. I'm going. I mean, I know I'm in my lane. I'm going. That's what it's saying. Not that you do not become sluggish. What is that? It takes it takes something pacing, running, endurance to keep going when it starts to push and starts to feel like you don't. This is what you want to do is do this, but just to keep going on with God and say, no, we're going to keep moving. We're going to fulfill what He told us to do. But imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit the promise. Through faith, yes, we're believing, but we also have something else. We're patient. We keep going. Keep on keeping on. Because we're not done until we're done. It's not over until it's over. Until our chest breaks that ribbon and we get across, that's when we're done. But until then, we're not done. And we're getting ramped up. In the world, it's getting ramped up for another chapter. I, it's it's going to be interesting. This is not the time to sit down. This is not the time to rest and say, I, I just don't know if I can go on. No, that's not the time. And let, if we're still here, if we can still, if we're still breathing, then we're to keep enduring and keep running on. Amen? God does not forget what we've done. 
Galatians 6, uh, verse 9. Galatians 6, verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Well, why would Paul be saying this if you weren't going to be tempted? Everybody's tempted. Everybody's tempted. He says, do not grow weary. Well, I'll never grow weary. No, you're human like everybody else. There's a temptation to grow weary. Satan comes in and tells you, this wasn't, this didn't mean something, this didn't mean something, I don't know why you're doing this, where's God, all these things. The, 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 uh, Paul, Apostle Paul is saying, Do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. In due season we shall reap, not maybe, if we do not lose heart. There is an if. We keep going. We're talking about running on purpose. Part of it is we need to understand how we're going to have to run, and it is going to take perseverance, endurance, keeping on, keeping on, through whatever. You guys here? I know this is, I mean, the world doesn't like this. The world wants to be like, I'm not comfortable, I'm moving on. I'll change, don't like it. I'll move, don't like that school, don't like this wife. Don't like this car. You know, nobody fixes anything anymore, hardly. Just get a new one. You, you know that's going to break down, too. Things are made to get thrown away. God's plan is not like that. It's easy to change, you know, just throw away friends than to work on the relationship, right? That's not the way God's plan is. God has set us with people, certain people, And we need to understand that those people are going to be the ones we're running with, and we need to to endure in those relationships as well. The world doesn't like that. I'll just leave you. And it's just so impersonal. People don't stay at employers. I'm not saying they're faithful. You know, there's lack of faithfulness both ways. Employers don't stand by their employees. I mean, but it's just in the culture. But God, we're not talking about the way the world is. We're talking about the way God is. And God has not changed. God is faithful, and He is loyal. And if we're loyal, He's loyal. If we're faithful, if we won't lose heart, He will not lose. He will not uh, be unjust. He's faithful. We're not, well, yeah, but this happened, this happened, my employer. You don't have to worry about them because you have God. Well, I don't, that's, see, this is where endurance, people look at people, even the people God has set them with, and start to get their eyes on them and say, well, I don't know, they're, they're doing this and this, and I don't know if I can fulfill. You do not have to worry about that if you're following Him. He'll get you where you need to be, but unless He releases you, you need to stay put and do what you're supposed to do. God will take care of the rest. But you taking yourself out, That's acting like you're God. You see something he doesn't see. That's not true. Let's just admit that. If God hooked us up in a place, in a position, the way to get to where you're supposed to be is to stay where you are if God led you there until he leads you on. Enduring. Yeah, but it's hard. What does that have to do with anything? 
There's going to have to be some toughness. Well, I just can't do it. We can do it through him. If, listen, if he told us to do something, then with that comes the enablement to do it. So if he told us to do something, to say, well, I can't do it, is calling him unjust and him unfaithful and saying, and you don't know what you're talking about. You told me I could do this, but I actually can't. So I know something you don't know. Yeah, we'd say that's, that, is, that is the height of arrogance, but that's not the way people look at it. It's like, I just can't. You know what I mean. I mean, I just can't. It's just hard. And expect you to think, oh, I see. But you said God told you to do this. Yeah, but I just can't. What's the problem? I'm not preaching just at you. I mean, this is just general. I mean, we all go through this. You're all, everybody, if you're going to walk with God, you're going to have some things that push on you, and you have an enemy that's trying to get you. The, what he wants you to do is get out of the plan of God. You have a race, you have a lane, and Satan knows that lane, excuse me, is the best lane and the best race for you. What's he going to try to do? Get you into something else. <clears throat> How are you going to get past that? You're gonna have, we, we are going to have to have some endurance and some stick-to-itiveness and to understand that Satan is trying to push us. And he uses the same tools. He does. We're touching on several of them right now. Do not grow weary, but I feel weary. What does that have to do with it? We have to just say, you know, Paul's saying, do not grow weary while doing good. What's good? What God told you to do and what lines up with the Word and what the Spirit of God's prompting you to do. For in due season we shall reap. Not it. It's just saying you will reap if you don't lose heart. What can take you out of reaping? You quit. You move to, you move to something else that you're not supposed to. And everybody's tempted. And, that, that, you know, we were saying in the announcement, there is no utopia. Just, we just need to settle that. Okay? No matter where you go, you think you look on TV and you think, wow, the faith and all oh, the people. It just must be amazing. If you were there, what you'd find out is there's people just like you. Their problems, just everybody has to deal with situations. It, it just is the same. And people, with Satan will tell you, well, if you were only there, then all this other stuff would go around. Go, go away. That's just not true. Well, you know, if I went there, then my spouse and I would get along. <laughs> you kidding me? You are going to be there. If, you're, if your relationship is bad here, and then you say, well, I'm going to go there, and it'll be all fine. And people will say, I'm going to take this step, and, you know, we're going to go somewhere because it's just all rosy, and then, uh, you know, then we'll get along. No, it doesn't work that way. People say, I'm going to go to a different job because, you know, I just don't like all this going on around me. Guess what? You're still going to be there. And if it's a problem with how you're looking at it, you're still going to have that same problem. The only reason you shouldn't change jobs is because God told you to. If you think it's hard, so I need to move, that's not the same as hearing from the Spirit of God. And if you move, you're just going to bring the problem with you. And people get this in their head that somehow it's going to be better if I quit. It's not. You might feel relieved for a little bit. And then the condemnation and everything's going to kick in. And then what you had, it, you, you traded it. Well, Satan is going to push you to get out. And we need to understand that and the endurance 
needs to be there to persevere in the face of when it's hard. If it was always easy, anybody would do it. Anybody can endure for five minutes. And this is a side thing. Not really talking about this specifically, but you know, when you're believing God, it's not believing for five minutes that weeds people out. People say, oh, I believe, oh yes, I thank God, I'm believing for whether it's healing or finances, whatever. It's after there's some little bit of time, and I'm not saying it can't, things can't happen right away, they can, but when they don't, that's when people start getting, wait a minute, what's going on? And the enemy just works on their mind and says, so what about it and this, and I don't know, and why hasn't this happened? And pretty soon, they, they've dropped their faith, they're not believing anymore, they've gone into questioning and trying to figure out what's going on, when in fact... We're not supposed to look at what's going on to determine God's will. Hebrews 10.35. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 10.35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. There's that word again. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You know it's possible to do the, the will of God and not receive the promise? It's possible to do something and then give it up. Like we said before, to if you don't, it said it, you will, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Well, you know, you can do and do and do, but then get weary and lose out right when you're about to. I mean, you know this in a race. He's talking about a race. You can run all but the last 10 meters, and lose. You say, oh, that's good enough. I'm walking off. Guess what? The, the people that are behind you, they're going to pass you, and they're going to win. Don't cast away your confidence. It has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When we come to God, we must believe, number one, he is. Number two, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, he's faithful. You need to believe that he, he is going to reward and you're going to reap as you diligently do what he's called you to do. As we come to God, we need to believe that. We need to believe that He is going to do what He said He would do. Amen. Say, well, that's easy. No, it's not when we're sitting in here. It's when you're running, doing what you thought you were supposed to be doing, and it doesn't look like it, and Satan tries to start saying to your mind, what, what are you doing? Where, where's God? What's happening? That's when you need to believe. No, God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I, he is faithful, and I'm just going to keep on doing what He told me to do. It, it, it's coming. I'm staying. I'm doing what I need to do. I'm staying in my lane. I'm not going to get out. We need to, that's the place. That's, that's the place where we need to push on. We need to do it on purpose. It takes faith to continue to believe God over the long haul. It takes faith in the marathon. Over time, not just briefly. Psalm 37, verse 3. 
can hold your, if you haven't already turned, we're going to, I think, go back to Hebrews, but I want to put, we can put it up on the screen. Psalm 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Verse 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, He shall give you the desires of your heart. You can look at that two ways without really getting into that now, but He can give you the desires. If you're in line with God, your desires are going to line up with His. But he can, He'll give you what is in your heart. And He can also give you the desires, like show you what those are. But as you're, the bottom line is, as you're, as, if you're close to Him, your desires are going to line up with His. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also, into him and, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Commit to Him, trust in Him, and He'll do it. What's our role? We believe Him. And we just do what he told us to do and just keep trucking. Amen. What if we go through a season where it doesn't look like what we thought was going to happen? We just keep trucking. Hebrews 13, verse 20. Hebrews 13, verse 20 says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom, whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Look at, let's look at verse 21 again. May, may Jesus make you complete in every good work, to do His will, to do what He's told you to do. He's going to make you complete to do that. You understand, that He's not going to make you complete to do something else. So if you have something before you, and you believe it's God's will, and you're, you're going on, if it, if it gets hard for you to step out and do something else, guess what? You don't have, God's not completing you to do that other thing. And I'm talking about any phase of your life. I remember there was, there was a, a place where, um, you know, I was in Lincoln, Nebraska, where we went to church. And, um, you know, I married Shelly. And this was just going through a season. Then a, a few years later where, I, I, you know, there was just my skin was, my, my flesh was just crawling. I'm not, I'm not saying there was anything wrong with people, anything. It was just in me. It was like, I just antsy to go. Do something else. And I was like, but there was nothing else to do. There was nothing in my heart to do. It's like, what would I do? Where would I go? And there was nothing. It was like, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, but it's uncomfortable. And that was in 2002. And we just, no, just walking along and we had a guest speaker. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And we had a guest speaker, and, you know, we were, we did the music. I was the music minister there, and, um, and I was in the front row then, and it, the service was getting to the end, and uh, then he started ministering. I had my eyes closed, 
And at this one point, he starts speaking, and, and I didn't realize he was speaking to me. He started saying, timing is everything. And, I, and he starts speaking, and I, look, I open my eyes for a second, and I really, he's right in front of us. I didn't realize it, because you hear him over the, the mic. And he's speaking to us. And he's saying, timing is everything with God. And he said some other things, and it just confirmed, I mean, settled us, because it was just like, you know, antsy, but nothing to do anything else. And you know, if you do something else when you're not supposed to do anything else, that's just bad. Just settled us and just got us locked in again. Okay, we're not, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And then it was later that year, finally, there was stuff coming where we, we really, through some different events, uh, knew it was time to go to Rama, And then that was confirmed uh, through some other things. But um, when it was time, it was time. Now, I went to get acquainted with Rama their college weekend back in 97 when I, I was working as an engineer for about three months. I had been an inter intern. And then uh, I was done, and you know, a couple was going down from our church to go. I said, I'll go too. But um, went down there, and I remember, you know, they had the worship night. I remember Keith Moore playing the piano in, in RMA there, and just they had a worship night. Just, he was just playing the piano, and I just went over there and watched him play, and I was just praying, but I didn't have anything. I, was just, I did not have anything to, to go and these people were like, we're going, and so excited. And I was like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Working a secular job. As an engineer, you know, I got three months experience. Didn't know all what was going to be ahead of me. Uh, and we go back, and they're like, we're going, and we're going to train for youth. And I'm like, I'm staying. I'm where I'm supposed to be. That was in 1997. That's before I knew Shelly. In fact, Shelly and her friend Regina... You ever see the videos, you know, there too? You know, they were doing the, the check-in table at Get Acquainted with Rama. Didn't know she was my future wife. She came then in 1998. She came then in 1998 to do a music workshop, a Mother's Day weekend. She's single. She's got to preach on Mother's Day. But anyway, she uh, came to do a music workshop. I'm the music minister. A year later, we're married. Well, you know what, if I had gone to Rama, maybe I met her, I don't know, but I was in a little church. People all the time, you know, oh, you know, they're looking for their spouse. And they go, in the natural, looking for certain things, in the natural, I'll go where there's a lot of people. People go to Rama for that. They think they're going to, just because there's a lot of people, you don't want to do that. I was in a little church, and God shipped my wife to me. <laughs> I have faith for people that talk about being single, and they don't know where their wife's going to come from or their spouse, I say, you be where God has called you to be, and you'll, you'll meet them. Don't you worry about how many people are there, anything. God can handle all that. Anyway, so we, it wasn't time for us to go. I knew that I was called to ministry, and I, I would go, I'd have my books. Remember specifically, I had certain books from, from college uh, that I was like, do I study just in the Word, or should I be really getting into this? And it was like, you know, I need to do both, because I knew I was called to full-time ministry, but it wasn't the time for me. I had a race I was running. And so then in 2002, we had that person come, and then 2000, at the end of 2002, there were certain things, and it just shifted, and 
you know, in Shelly's heart, my heart, you know, it was time. So we started moving that way in the beginning of 2003. In January, told our pastors, and then gave six months heads up, and then we moved in June. But timing is important. Let God do what He needs to do on His end while you walk out what you're supposed to do. God has a timing. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. We, we were going over to um, Hebrews 13. So I already read that. Verse 21. Make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ. He will make you complete. He'll add to you what you need to do His will. He'll make you, add to you, what you need. Verse 21, um, I don't know what translation that is. I didn't give that to you, but I'm going to read it. I think it's an NIV. He'll equip you with everything good for doing His will, and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ. He'll equip you with everything good to do His will, and he, that He may work in us what is pleasing to Him. Philippians 1, verse 3, let's look at this real briefly. Philippians 1, verse 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always and in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with, uh, with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel for the first time until now, being confident of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What he has started, he will complete until the day of Jesus Christ. But that's a process, and it's not overnight. He will complete it as you walk out with him, but you need to endure through whatever happens, saying, no, it's not complete. He's doing some things. I'm trusting him. I'm trusting him to, to bring things to pass. But I know I am on the path that God has given me, and I'm going to stay, and I'm going to endure and trust God. He's equipping me. He's adding to me. He's bringing me along. Till the day of Jesus Christ. Till I cross that finish line or he comes and breaks the, the clouds in the sky and comes back. Regardless, let's look at one more scripture. We'll close here. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Notice that, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Well, you're withstanding. Something is trying to push on you. Something is trying to move you and to withstand in the evil day. That, notice it says day. It doesn't say forever. Or it's, a, it's, a, it's a time. It, there's, it's not your whole life. 
We don't magnify the devil. We say that he, he pushes on us. We're withstanding. And it says, and when you've done all, you stand. What is that? You're enduring. Doesn't matter. I'm not going anywhere. Take your best shot. We're going through. We're going over. You're defeated. You're done. And I'm not being moved. I'm not going to be hoodwinked and, and uh, deceived into moving out of the will of God. I'm staying in my path, and I will finish, and I am going to go through by the grace of God. Not your own strength. It says, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You are standing because God told you to be in that place, to be in that season, and you're going through it with strength and enduring by His strength. Then who gets the glory? He does. You say, if it was up to me, I would have fallen. But Lord, I put my, my rest on you and you sustain me because if you told me to do it, I can do it. I can. And we need to say we can when you feel like just crumpling up in a heap on the floor and being done. That's when we need to say, no, you said it. If, you, if he isn't telling me to do something else, then I can do it. No matter what the season is, because we need to know there's things coming down the road. And if Satan can move us out of this, he's, he's derailing what's down the road. So what does he try to do? He knows it might be easier to get you back here because when you get here, it's going to be, too, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be more of a fight. So he tries to get you. And even if he can get you over here, you start to go here where you're supposed to go here. Because it was tough, and I just couldn't take it. Oh, and he'll, feed, he'll, he'll, he'll milk that. Just Oh, but it's, it's hard. That's hard. I mean, anybody in your situation. I mean, I don't know of too many people that would make it through. That. I mean, he'll, he's a liar. If he can get you to feel sorry for yourself. Oh, man, it's, I mean, it's been rough. Anybody would admit that? It's been rough. And get you to talk about that instead of God has me here and I'm going over. He's bigger. He's bigger. Hallelujah. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's just raise our hands to the Lord.